Design New Podcast, Episode 12. To celebrate the success of the first 10 Design New Podcast episodes, I have released the Lessons from the Drawing Board ebook, where I share with you the wisdom, the passion, the insights, and the themes captured by our first 10 inspiring guests. To download your copy, pop over to tinamurray.com and be inspired to live your best life. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board, Samantha Riley. Samantha is a speaker, international business growth coach, number one best-selling author, and co-founder of the Global Thought Leaders Network, and has 25 years personal experience in building and growing businesses. She made her first million in her first business in her 20s, and has built several successful businesses over the decades. Today, she helps thought leaders to gain expert positioning and build their profile so they get increased exposure and can grow their business. Join me as I chat with Sam about positioning ourselves for our best life. Hi, Sam. Thanks so much for joining me on the Design You podcast. How are you today? I'm so awesome. Thanks, Tina. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Tell me, what are you doing right now to design your best life? Oh, this is a juicy question. I like this one. So can I give you a bit of background how I got to here? Absolutely. All right. So I've been in business 25 years and for 18 of that, it was in bricks and mortar businesses, Mm -hmm. which at the time I loved because I absolutely love everything there is to do with business. I love the business of business. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't love was having to put a key in the door every single day or having to make sure there was staff there to put a key in the door every day. Mm -hmm. So when I uh, had the opportunity, well, it wasn't an opportunity at the time, it felt really shit. Can I say that? (laughs) (laughs) When I actually lost my businesses, which is a whole other story, instead of dwelling on the fact that it was a bad thing, I went, what opportunity can I see in this? What can I do differently? Mm. So I sat down and went, what do I want my life to look like? Mm. And I went, I love traveling. I actually don't want to live in Adelaide anymore. I want to move to Sydney. So what can I do to design a business that fits into my lifestyle, not a lifestyle that fits into my business, which I've done for 18 years. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I did. I sat down and went, I want to move to Sydney. I want to be on the road. I want to work from wherever I like. And I want to be connecting with like-minded people every day. So I designed a business that allowed me to do that. So you are so talking my talk. I love that about you because you've made a decision. You've worked out how you can basically reverse engineer it back to create what it is that you want. But absolutely not easy for people. You're making it sound like it was so easy. (laughs) (laughs) What helped you with your mindset, do you think, to get to that? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think when I, when I, when my marriage separated, I was married for 20 years Mm -hmm. and my partner and I separated. And that to me was probably the worst thing I'd ever gone through. And that was, I've had some things happen in life as we all have. Mm -hmm. But for me, that was probably like the lowest point in my life. Really, the worst thing that can happen is I could die or someone Mm -hmm. really close to me could die. Mm-hmm. And then when I got perspective on that, wow. I went, okay, really, I'm here. Let's do this. Yeah. So I actually sort of turned 
that mindset around of, okay, well, this, this thing has put me under the doona for a few months, you know, crying my eyes out. Yeah. Hang on, let's get over this. This isn't the worst thing that can happen to me. What are the, what are the positives, I guess, that I can take out of this? Because I think that it's really important to understand that there's always a positive in every situation. Mm-hmm. Like, as awful as it sounds, like when my grandfather died, you know, we were all devastated. And, and I remember my parents standing there and like really being quite grief stricken. And I kind of stood there and went, you know what, guys, think about all the great times that we had with him. Like, what's the memories? He changed our lives. Let's talk about the things that we remember about him. You know, he used to do some crazy things. He was a real, he was the the grandpa that got all the kids in the street around at Christmas time and had all the little, you know, wind up Christmas toys that made lots of noise. Like, let's remember those times. Yeah. And um, so I think that you really can find a positive in, in every situation, even when they may come across as not positive. Absolutely. But I think part of what you touched on is, yes, you spent a few months under the doona and that's okay because you needed to yep. do that. You needed to grieve. 20 years is a long time to be married with kids in amongst that, all the life that you've created. And I think for us who've been separated, most of us don't get married expecting we're going to break up. And so these <laughs> dreams and expectations and hopes that we had for our future and it's reassessing what it is is going to come next. And as you said, it's about what is it for you now? It was more about, it sounds like it was more about what was it for you rather than as part of a partnership, which must in lots of ways be really liberating. Yeah, absolutely. And just touching on what you just said then, as I was fairly new in the coaching industry when all this happened and, you know, through my coaching training, it was you can choose your emotions. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I feel ashamed that I feel so bad because I could be choosing to be happy. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was I spiraled deeper because I felt like I was really beating myself up. Like, why can't I choose to be happy? Like, why, why am I doing this to myself? Why can't I figure out what my purpose is? And so there was a few months there where I was really out of control because not only was I grieving on the, the loss of a marriage, the mm-hmm. loss exactly as you say, the loss of the dreams of what could have been. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what I was grieving more than actually the loss of my partner, yep. as awful as that sounds. <laughs> but, you know, they, I was beating myself up because I'm like, oh my God, I just can't get this together. And it wasn't until another coach went, actually, Sam, like for every positive emotion, there's got to be a negative or, you know, a, a, the opposite, not even mm-hmm. negative. There's got to be that positive emotion. Otherwise, if we don't know sadness, how do we know joy? Yes. And it was, she said, it's okay. Give yourself permission to mm-hmm. do what it is. Give yourself permission to cry. Give yourself permission to watch a, a, a chick flick <laughs> with a block of chocolate. That's not the problem. The problem is if you stay there. Yes. And it's funny, the second I gave myself permission to do that, it was like I just hit the bottom and bounced straight back up again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I had have realised that a few months ago, this would have been such an easier process. Yeah, sure. And so when you were looking at what it is that you wanted for your life, you, you were talking about lifestyle really of what, what was perfect for you and what you were trying to fit in. Where does yeah. that come from? Was that at a core thing or is it a mental thing? Like how did you come up with... How did you come to realise what it is that was important to you when you were deciding what you want? Yeah, I think you almost have to switch that logical brain off. Mm -hmm. Or for me, that's what I had to do. I had to switch the logical brain off and just go, 
wow, if I could just like sit here and dream about what my life could look like, what would it feel like? Not mm-hmm. what, what do I think it is or what does it look like? What does it feel like? And I thought about all the things that truly made me happy and I thought about the memories of where I was sitting and like, you know, that have that feeling and I just thought back and went, oh, remember that time on the cruise ship when we are at sea for five days on the way to Asia and I was reading a business book and I was journaling? That was a really good memory. And I started to pull all these little memories out. Or mm. remember that time you went out for dinner at a business conference and the whole table was just nerding out on business <laughs> conversation and you were just like in your zone. Yep, I liked that bit. So I just started to think about all those memories. And then, all right, how do I recreate them in yep. a different way? Because you don't want to live the same memories again. How sure. do I recreate those moments and make it work? And that's. That's just what I did. I allowed myself to dream and mm. then went, actually, what if I could? Mm. What would it look like if I could recreate those? Okay, and then took it to the next step. It could look like this. And you're right, it hasn't been a, you know easy sailing, but um, I've had some great people along the way, you know, what I call my inner circle, mm-hmm. and my daughter's actually one of them, and I was talking to her one night. She said, Mom, you're always talking about moving to Sydney. Why is it always next year? Mm. And I went, actually, that's a really good point. Why is it always next year? So mm. I moved in three weeks. I just <laughs> made that decision and three weeks later my house was packed up and I was in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realised, wow, this is actually fun having these adventures where I just make a decision and actually do them. Like, wow, who knew you could actually create like really cool happiness? Let's keep doing this. <laughs> and Really, I mean, I can imagine there's a lot of people who want to move to Sydney and they will next year, next year, as you said, but you did it in three weeks. Now, people would go, oh, there's such a risk. And I imagine if you'd told people about that dream and that you were going to do it in three weeks, they would be saying, no, you can't do it because of this, this, this and this. How much of it do you think we need to really believe in ourselves so that when we do have those naysayers, we can just put that aside because we're always going to have things we should be doing. Yeah. So that's actually really funny. I thought that was the way it was going to be. I was a bit scared of telling my closest friends. I was a bit, I was definitely scared of telling my mum and dad who lived in Adelaide as well, you know, because not because of any, like being told off or anything like that, (laughs) but I thought that were going to be upset. And it's funny when, as I rang friends one by one, I said, I'm doing this and I'm moving in three weeks where I thought they all went, good luck. You're crazy. Everyone just went, (laughs) oh, my God, that is awesome. And when I rang my mum, I finally rang her and went, oh, guess what, I'm moving to Sydney in three weeks. She went, oh, finally, I thought you were <laughs> going to do that a year ago. <laughs> so in actual fact, the shoulds were coming mm-hmm. from my own head and they actually weren't coming from my external world. I was creating that crazy reality. Absolutely. So, sure, I mean, I was lucky that um, in that sense. And I think that the reason that people did give me that reaction is because I knew in every cell of my body that I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the difference was. I, I, I wasn't just dipping my toe in the water. Mm. I was all in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd been dipping my toe in the water for so long yeah. and wasn't working. The second I made that decision and I was just like, yep, I know, I've made that decision. And then my brain goes to, okay, what what's the checkboxes that we need to do? And it, the whole feeling around it switched from, oh, let's try this to, 
okay, we need to get a real estate agent here. We need to pack this. We need to find a storage unit. We need, do you know what I mean? So the whole energy shifted. And yeah. once I'd made that decision, it's like the universe just delivered whatever it was that I needed because I'd proven I, I'm all in. I'm doing this. I'm committed. I've made the decision. Yeah. So it actually created its own momentum in the end once you've made that decision. Absolutely. I can't believe what I did in three weeks. It was insane. <laughs> but that's another point. People, you you do achieve a lot. I've worked with you. I know how much you can achieve in a short amount of time. And there's a lot of people who can't do that. What do you think it is that means that you can get stuff done? You can really make shit happen when you want to. Yeah, that's a really good question because that's something that I've questioned all my life. And even like thinking back maybe 15 years ago, I had three children at home. I was running two retail stores in different locations and opposite sides of the city. And I was running a dance studio. Like my life was insane. And parents that were maybe, you know, working a part-time job would be like, how do you get that done in a day? Not even I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you're all standing there talking about it. I'm doing it. I don't have time to stop and think. My brain is just like, okay, what are all the boxes? Mm. We're just going to go and tick them all. So I think that I can get so much done because, A, I'm I'm always very clear on what it is that I want. Mm -hmm. So I always have a very clear direction. I know where I'm going. I reverse engineer everything in my life. So if this is what I want, Mm -hmm. let's work backwards from there. What are the steps that we need to do? I believe in myself I'd like to say 100%, but I've got a a deep belief in myself. And for the times that I don't, I've got a lot of mantras on my wall. So I just need to go right back on track. (laughs) Um, And structure, I really believe in structure. I think that a lot of people want freedom. And what they don't realize is that the freedom comes from the structure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a big thing for me. Would you like to explain that a little bit further? It makes sense in business, and especially if you're running a big corporation that you need that structure. But how about in our personal life? Is there ways that we can bring structure in to give us the freedom as well? Yeah, absolutely. So think about, let's think about like an ideal average day of a Mm mum, not an ideal average day, an average day of a mother. They've got to get up, they've got to get kids out of bed, they've got to give them breakfast, they've got to make sure they're showered, you know have diaries signed probably, have lunches made, and that's just the first two hours of yeah, the day, right? I'm exhausted. So this, yeah. <laughs> Already just hearing it. Yeah. So if there's if there's no plan for that, it's the, the the normal person would get up and it's like, oh, my goodness, I don't want to be here. What do I need to do? What am I going to pack? Mm. Kids get up. Let's, you know, let's scream a few times because the kids aren't doing what we what we want them to do because that's what happens with kids. You know, they turn on the TV and things are just like chaos from the minute everyone gets up. Where because in my household there were so many boxes that needed to be ticked, it was like an army camp. But that structure meant that my kids understood what was going to happen mm-hmm. and I didn't have to think. I didn't have to go, oh, my God, what's next, and use that energy. It's just I'm on autopilot because mm. I know I get up I go speak to my kids. They know that it's get up the first time. Otherwise, mum turns absolutely <laughs> psycho. Uh, and there was a rule that if I leave the house and you're not with me, you've got to get yourself to school. And mm-hmm. my kids knew that that's what happened because I did that to them once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always knew, I had the weeks, uh, mostly the week's dinners were cooked on Sundays. The kids' lunches, I knew what they were having. I would, hard, silly things, like I would hard boil two dozen eggs and they were all peeled on Sunday afternoon and put in the fridge. So they were there. 
So at any time, if the kids were hungry, they just grabbed one or I wrapped one and put it in the lunchbox. They knew that if their diaries weren't on the bench to be signed the night before, that I wouldn't sign them. If they got in trouble with their teachers, that wasn't my fault. That was their fault for not putting their diaries out. Mm-hmm. So there was struck, everyone in the household knew what had to be done mm-hmm. and there was consequences of if this doesn't get done, tough. Yeah. We, we move on <laughs> to the next thing. <laughs> so, yes, I was a Nazi mother. <laughs> so so that's that's an idea of what, stru- what I would say what structure looks like. And then... Um, something that all of my team know is that I'm constantly saying we we have to flow within the framework so Mm. there's that framework there or that structure but there's still got to be room for movement in between that Mm. so something goes wrong gives us room to be able to move if um, one of the kids was sick and had to be picked up from school we obviously can't stick to that structure we have to flow within there what are the things that need to happen to make you know everything run to plan yeah and I suppose yeah. too when you've got that structure and you you know what's happening you don't have to think about it so that opens your mind for creativity for opportunities yep. to think differently to see things yep. differently and so it actually yep. makes sense even though it sounds like you're bogged down and you're not free it is actually freeing you are the opposite yeah. it's the opposite absolutely and in that you know if we were applying it to Uh, maybe an opportunity that may happen at work or like if someone's in a job or maybe, you know, in business, when we've got that framework there and we're very clear of the outcomes that we're trying to achieve and we've Mm. reverse engineered everything and that's all within the framework as well, when an opportunity does uh, present itself, you're able to to take action on that immediately because Mm. A, you can make a decision quickly because your mind's not bogged down with everything that has to happen, but B, there's you're still allowing yourself to flow and know that you can take that opportunity and that it's going to take you to where you need to go. Mm. And that's the thing with decision-making. I, I, I often talk about we've got too many choices now. Our brain isn't wired to yep. deal with the bombardment of stuff which comes to us from so many different things and devices and areas every day. And so having something which is about structure and clarity, you're talking about a belief in yourself and what it is that you want. If you've got those things set in place, then you know what you're working towards at all times. So it means you can get yes. rid of the fluff, can't you? Absolutely. And on that with the, with the choices, I find that most people, if they don't know where they're heading, those choices actually turn into overwhelm and procrastination. Mm-hmm. Those, two, those two things that hold people in this, in this place. But because I can't, I know what I'm looking for or know where I'm like heading at all times, I'm actually the opposite. Mm. I actually don't see 99% of the choices that are out there because that number one choice that I want, it's almost lights up like a beacon and I'm just like, that's what I want. I grab it and I keep moving. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times where, you know, I'm human. I have human <laughs> moments. I do have procrastination and overwhelm sometimes mm. too, but like you say, I do achieve more than most people do. I've, I have for my whole adult life, but it is because I can make decisions very quickly because I know where I'm heading. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So one of the questions I always ask my guests, and this is perfect to where we're at now, in 50 years, what is your, where do you yeah. see yourself? Who are you around and what's, what's your life looking like then? Yeah, so I actually, oh, wow, that that's heading into what I would put old territory. <laughs> okay, my grandma's 99 and she just said right, that's what today. I said heading into. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've always seen myself at 
you know, at that age, still involved in the running of my business. Mm-hmm. I don't foresee myself being in my business, but I still foresee myself being involved in it somehow. And I, I learned that lesson back when I was still in my 20s. One of our suppliers, so we used to deal a lot in the fabrics and um, textiles industry. And a lot of those people, even back then, were, were older because it's not an industry that's sort of kept up. Sure. Um, and anyway, this the owner of one of these businesses got cancer and he came to Adelaide and, and he took me out for lunch and I just went, you know, you've been really sick. Why are you still in your business? You know, you can retire. You've got your daughters in the business. Why don't you just leave? He's like, Sam, you don't understand. This is what's keeping me alive. Wow. If I walk away from doing what I love, being in the business, talking to people like you that keep me inspired and young and, you know, still pouring through the numbers and getting excited about getting, you know, getting our sales figures and everything else. It's like, what am I going to do? Sit at home and die? Mm-hmm. And that turned my thinking around where mm-hmm. I'd, I'd spent a lot of my time thinking, as most people do, I'm doing this or I'm working hard so I can retire. Or what if we could create this life that was just the same kind of forever? So I don't foresee myself in the business, but I still want to be surrounded by those people. I love the way business people think. They're always thinking of the next thing. What's in the future? What can we create? Thinking about different ways to do things. But in saying that, I also see myself rocking in a rocking chair with my <laughs> husband, you know, in our beautiful white house on the, on the porch. And I know that sounds really old and, and you know, sort of kooky, but I do. I love spending time with him and just shooting the breeze and, and talking about things and um, talking about the future and we'll have grandkids around, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just uh, probably spending time talking with him about whatever it is, whatever charity we're involved in in that time, which is knowing me, probably numerous because I, I think probably the reason I do everything is because of contribution. Mm. It's ha- I'm here to do leave the world in a better place. Yeah. So, um not a hundred percent sure what that looks like now, but know that again, that's where I'm headed and think opportunities will present themselves along the way. Yeah. And I, I love, I often hear from um, my podcast guests, they are all contributors and I love that. That's why I'm getting awesome people on this show. And what does that actually mean for you? In what sort of ways do you think we can con- contribute and why do you think it's important to us that we, that we do? <sighs> wow. That is such a good question. Look, really, I, I think it is a deep human desire to help other humans. I really do. And I think that everyone at some level feels that. We all feel it at different levels. But, you know, if someone reaches out for help, most people will be like, yeah, let, let's help you. You mm. see it, you know, even in, in times of tragedy of floods and, mm. and earthquakes, you know, of people coming together. Mm. We do have a deep desire to help people. I've, I think it's really important to, we're never, I don't believe in equality. I know that's going to come out so wrong. I don't believe that everyone in the world can be equal. We can't all be doing exactly the same job, earning the same amount of money. It just, it it can't happen. That's not the way the human race is built. I'm very big into education Mm -hmm. and very big into helping people to set up to help themselves, not mm. just to hand out, mm. but Absolutely. to help them understand how they can create their future. 
Yeah. And I think that's part of the beauty of educating people or giving people the opportunity to have an education, which in Australia we do take for granted. Um, The beauty of that is that it does give people the opportunity to have different jobs. And what I learned when I've been overseas in Ghana is I stayed at one stage in a in a Muslim village and I was lucky enough to have a homestay with the village elder and he very kindly had me have share dinner with him, which he wouldn't normally do with a female. But part of what he shared with me was that he, he really made sure the women in his community were educated because he believed that it meant the children would be educated if the mum was educated. And Absolutely. so that, that was when I really learned that educating one person is changing generations absolutely there's a charity I think it's called Kiva or I think it's called mm-hmm. Kiva yes. and it's it's micro donate or micro yeah. loans to people to set up their business but they actually pay it back and it's just such a brilliant charity and and the rate of people paying back those loans is almost a hundred percent which I found really interesting when I first looked into that charity but to me, that's better because it's helping people to be self-sustainable, yes. helping them to then be able to provide for their family, to educate their children. And then what's the flow on effects of that? You know, yeah. it's huge. And even yeah. just the fact that with Kiva that you can, can really, you're showing that you've got faith in somebody. And so that must yeah. be so empowering for someone on the other end to, to, to find yeah. that someone's willing to invest for that period of time with them and yes. help them get up and get running. So, you know, it comes back to that self-belief, that self-empowerment. Yeah, and, you know, from, from my podcast, the, the story that comes out from, my, from most entrepreneurs is the time that they did really well was really when they had their backs against a wall. Mm. And it's like that if someone else believed in them, it's like, well, we have to be successful now because we can't let that person down. And I feel like it's all, it would almost have that sort of feeling behind it, like, Mm. Oh my goodness, someone has given me some money. They believe in me. I cannot let them down. I have to prove to them that I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important to all of us to make sure, not only do we believe in ourselves, but that other people do do think we're pretty awesome too. Um, absolutely. Talking of awesomeness, tell us about your business and how we can get in touch with you. Yeah. So I work with thought leaders to help them to position themselves as the authority to build their profile how to get more exposure and how to use all of that to grow their business. So you can find out a little bit what I do at samanthariley.com.au or you can also look up, I've, got, I've just co-founded with my business partner, David DiGiorgio. Um, only a month ago, we're off the back of a very successful launch of the Global Thought Leaders Network in Hawaii. So feel free to reach out to me either on Facebook or via my website if you'd like to find out more about that. Lovely, lovely. And so what are you doing from now on? Um, what could you tell us about a little bit of knowledge to help us design our best life? Oh, I think be, don't be afraid. Be courageous in designing the life the way you want it. Don't think that it has to happen tomorrow because I think that's what holds a lot of people back is thinking that it's something that happens, oh, you know, straight away. Oh, I can't do that. I can't start that side hustle. I can't travel there because I can't make it happen now. Just think about what it is that you do want and then reverse engineer it. It doesn't matter if it takes a month, a year, five years, 10 years. It's actually fine. But give yourself permission to dream yes. and, and you know, know that you want that and just put the step 
steps in pace. You only need to take the next little step. You don't need to eat the whole elephant all at once. Yeah. And I love that because I, I actually, I wrote a blog about it the other day. I'm getting really, really annoyed about these gurus who are telling us we can change our life overnight. I don't think that's Oh, you life. and I have had this conversation, haven't <laughs> we? I think it's a bit dangerous, actually. <laughs> so I love that part of your message is, it does take time and it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. I expect when I'm 99 yeah. to still be thinking about how I'm designing my life. It doesn't stop. I can only get better, I hope. <laughs> yeah, and, and our desires and the things that we want do change and that's okay too. What I want today is yeah. very different to what I wanted 25 years ago when I had little kids. Yeah. So allow yourself to flow and and just because you change your mind that's okay too it it actually doesn't matter yeah it doesn't affect anyone really but yourself in the end does it exactly yeah yeah I love talking to you Sam thank you so much for all that you've shared today and all of your wisdom and I'm just looking in the background there you've got good things come to those who hustle yeah yeah, I know we've got a whole heap of anti-hustlers out there in the world that are telling me, no, don't. But, you know, that's fine for them. But for me, I'm here to do big things. So, you know, I've got to hustle. Yeah, I no doubt you'll be doing big things and look forward to seeing you on that journey. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Tina. My pleasure. Are you ready to create the life you want? Pop over to tinamurray.com to grab your free copy of the Design New Cheat Sheet and start creating the life you want right now. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You Podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.